Hey, it's Pat. I want to make sure you know about an upcoming event we're calling the Backstage Brainstorm. I do this show every day to bring people together so we can grow our businesses with one another. The next step is to join us for a brainstorming meeting. I want to meet you. I want to get to know you and your business. And I want to introduce you to the Idea Slam feedback and brainstorming sessions that we do inside the Idea Collective. It's a totally free, totally fun event. Click the link and you can sign up and be our guest. The Backstage brainstorms coming up next on September 27th. All right, let's start the show. It's 9 a.m. Central. That means Small Business Mornings is on the air. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. On today's show, first of all, just before we go into the show, it's Friday. <sighs> Welcome to Friday. We've almost made it to the weekend. Sorry, that came from like my spleen. Like that just exploded out of me because I'm so glad that it's the weekend. Okay, on the show today. One of the oldest company logos in the world is changing in an effort to become less noticeable. That is a real story. We'll share that. There's a new accessibility feature in the new iPhone and iOS that gets me all kind of nervous and weird. We'll share that story. And a new study has come out sharing the most annoying fan base in NFL football. And I think we will all universally agree, yes, they are the most annoying NFL fan base. Our meme is going to capture our to-do list, which is pretty daunting. And our question of the day, it's time to celebrate our wins, baby. We are celebrating wins left and right today. So we're going to talk about that, and you're going to share all the good news from the week. This is Small Business Mornings. It's a daily live stream at 9 a.m. Central for solopreneurs and small business owners who are just tired of building their business all by themselves. Every day we catch up on the news and we're building a community of like-minded business owners. And you're welcome if you believe in positivity, abundance, and collaboration over competition. It all lines up with our theme, don't grow it alone. If you're with us, say good morning in the chat because it's Friday. We're here to have some fun, gosh darn it. And good morning, Gecko. It's great to see you, my friend. Let's get on with the show. Before we do our first news headline, I do want to share a reminder. This show is moving locations. We're going from my personal LinkedIn profile to a LinkedIn profile for the show itself. On September 24th, that's a week from Monday, this show will be seen on this new page and the YouTube profile. So Susie, good morning, and Gek, good morning, both watching on YouTube. But if you're not watching or if you are watching on LinkedIn, make sure you move over to this new page, effective Monday the 24th, or you won't know where we are. So that's a little public service announcement as we continue to scale and grow the show. All right, let's start the news. Does your small business have a logo? I mean, probably, Yes. And if you remember starting your small business, do you remember how painful that process was? The colors were specially chosen. Maybe there's some symbolism inside your logo. A lot of hand wringing went into it. And before we get into the rest of the story, on behalf of small business owners everywhere, 
can I represent all of you? Can I represent small business owners everywhere? I'm going to look into the camera and I'm going to talk directly to graphic designers. And on behalf of all small business owners, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> because I know that we as a group are a complete pain in the ass. <laughs> and the great graphic designers are so patient and they take time and they act like we know what we're talking about when we don't. Hey, uh, can you make it bigger? Oh, yeah, you know what? It just, can you make it pop? <laughs> I know, I've got four lines of text, but can you keep it simple? I want it clean. <laughs> now, I can say these things because I know I'm a terrible client. So on behalf of small business owners everywhere, to you, the graphic designer, I apologize. Because I know, as a group, we suck. The news story today, though, is that one of the biggest companies around with one of the oldest logos in the world is switching it up. The company that's changing their logo is Johnson & Johnson. There's a good reason why they're changing their logo, but it might not be the one that you expect. So the Johnson & Johnson logo, how many times have you seen that logo? A billion times, right? Good morning, Jennifer and Sarah. It's great to see you both. Thanks for coming in. How many times? A zillion? A quadrillion? A quadrillion? That's a lot. Well, that's their old logo. And they're changing it. Do you want to see what their new logo looks like? That's their old logo. New logo. Old. New. That's kind of fun to do. Old. New. Old. New. Old. New. Old. New. That's their new logo. What does that new logo say to you? And there has to be a line of work where your job is to make up complete imaginary BS about graphics that your graphics team makes. I see this a lot of times when a soccer club will reveal a new crest. They'll say something like, well, the red reflects uh, the heart of our fan base and those stalks right there rec represent the factories that founded our, like, you know, those kinds of people, like they explain all of these make-believe symbolism ideas inside a logo. There has to be a line of work. There has to be a college degree. What did you graduate in? Oh, I have a major in logo BS. Ooh, has to be something like that because every time anyone that has a lot of staff, does something, they come up with these fairy tales about what the logo means. So what does this new logo say to you? Gex says no cursive. Sarah Deacon says it's bland. Here's what they say. This is These are the actual words in the press release that the company says. Our new logo delivers both a sense of unexpectedness and humanity. Did you get that? You know what? This is a good cause for Rick. Rick? Rick the Business Beaver, say hello. Hi. Did you get that out of the logo, Rick? No, I didn't either. The ampersand, the little and mark in the center, the ampersand demonstrates a caring and human nature. 
Yeah, it is BS. And it's keeping the color red. And here's why they're keeping the color red. It's a contemporary color that speaks to the ability to urgently respond to health challenges, evolve with the times, and set the pace. You're 100% right. They are full of it. They're 100%. All right, Rick. Thank you. (laughs) And I have to be careful with Rick. Okay. (laughs) What you can't see that's happening in the house right now. Rick, the business beaver, squeaks as you heard. Well, I have a 4,000-pound dog in the house who's now at the top of my steps crying, whining, because she hears someone playing with a toy she thinks it's hers. And for some reason, this 1,000-pound dog will not come down the steps and see that it's Rick the Business Beaver and not her toy. I'm sorry, Shadow. So I got to be judicious when uh, squeezing Rick the Business Beaver. You can't just, you know squeeze Rick the business beaver whenever you want. You have to use it sparingly. Sorry, Shadow. So it sounds like a complete fantasy. Do you get any of that out of this logo or anything new from that logo that you didn't get from this logo besides I recognize that logo? You could have made up almost anything, but some of you have already hit on it. Why are they changing their logo? Well, there's a reason that they say, but there's another reason that I think is more realistic. Nobody under 30 knows how to write write or read in cursive. Now, that's a broad generalization, but it's kind of true. I showed the old logo to my 20-year-old, and she said, I know what that is, but I can't read it. Exact quote. And those words that they shared, they're just words. They're just blah, 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 right? It doesn't matter. There's a reason why they changed their logo. The real reason why they changed their logo is that the company isn't called Johnson & Johnson anymore. They're now a conglomerate. And I swear, they just went to the corporate name vending machine and put a dollar in and here came, you know, this name came out. The conglomerate is called Kenview. Kenview. And the reason why they're called Kenview now and not Johnson & Johnson is because they're trying to drift into the background. This was in the news story. They want their consumer-facing brands to lead the way. Now, that's pretty smart. It's not a Johnson & Johnson product. It's Band-Aid or Tylenol. And this is kind of in vogue right now, kind of a corporate strategy. You may or may not have heard of Unilever. But they lead with Dove Soap and Hellman's Mayo. Procter & Gamble. They don't lead with Procter & Gamble or even P&G much anymore. They lead with Bounty and Charmin. It's going away by design. It's getting boring on purpose. I mean, look at how totally forgettable that logo is. At least, I mean, that logo had some action. Right? There was something going on there. Now, boring. Super boring. I hope that you have this problem in the future. I want to have this problem in the future. I want to own so many amazing brands that only my customer-facing brands are the ones that we talk about 
and you and I can go to the corporate name vending machine and put a dollar in and have something ridiculous fall out, right? Light bridge or something that means nothing. And then we can send out a press release about how it inspires the dogs of Africa or something. No idea. And look at the conversation happening in the chat. Sarah says, I don't see any humanity there. Looks very corporate. It does look very corporate, doesn't it? And Keck, yes, welcome to Johnson & Johnson. Here's your six-figure salary. Exactly. And Susie, thank you very much. Be careful. You have to squeeze it judiciously. Okay, we talked about the new iPhone that's coming out. And around this time every year, they update the iOS, which is the operating system that Apple runs on. There's a hidden feature in the accessibility area that you need to be aware of. Morning, JB. Great to hear from you. It's a great idea that will help a lot of people, but I don't trust it. In the accessibility section of the new iPhone and you kind of knew this was coming, a user can train the iPhone to speak in your own voice. You would type in text, and it would sound like you. Now, its intended purpose is beautiful. For people that have a hard time speaking, you can talk to text, or text to talk. You can speak into your, you can type into your phone, and your phone will speak for you. That's my phone speaking for me. So that's great. But the first thing I thought is, uh-oh, is my phone listening to me? Isn't that your first instinct when you hear that your phone will learn how to speak in your own voice? Isn't that our reaction? Oh, wait, does that mean the iPhone's listening to me? And then I remembered, you dope, of course it's listening to you. It's called Siri. It's been listening to you for six years, or however long Siri's been around, and it still sucks, by the way. Don't you think Siri would have been better by now? No, it's still, no, that's not what I want, Siri. Like, if I ask Siri for something, the next thing is always bitching at Siri because she got it wrong. For listening constantly, it's not very good. But of course it's listening to you. So is Google. I'm streaming on YouTube. I'm streaming on LinkedIn. I have an Alexa and Siri's hanging around. Every government agency and the two biggest tech companies on the planet, they're listening right now. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome. Everybody, it's a party. Welcome to Small Business Mornings, all government agencies. They're listening all the time. You know that. So my message this morning is, hello, government. I'm a good person. Please don't arrest me. But that's not what Apple claims. They claim that the AI voice generation will be done only on the device. It will not touch the internet. And to make it work, you'll have to activate it, plus do a 15-minute training. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's probably true. But do you trust it? I mean, can't you see some 
unidentifiable information being shared with Apple buried inside that permission screen, that terms of use that no one has ever read ever anywhere ever. You open the iPhone and there's like a 4,000 page document that everyone just goes, fine, whatever, fine. Just let me go to TikTok. Oh, wait, I said TikTok. So now TikTok is probably listening to me. So someday when your Apple ID is compromised and you get a message from me where I'm calling you to ask for money to see Packers tickets, spoiler, that's how you'll know I've been hacked when I call you asking for something about the Packers. We'll get hacked and we'll lose our privacy. And it's so normalized now that privacy is like not even that big of a concern. How many times a week do you hear from, well, large company was hacked and they had a data leak and it might be a company that you've used before. Happens all the time. The MGM hack out in Las Vegas The MGM resorts have been down for days because they got hacked. And it turns out, quietly, Caesars Entertainment, that's the brand I support in Vegas, they were hacked too. They paid off the hackers, but not before all of the customer information and social security numbers were silently taken. Whee! So all my stuff, gone. Gone. So this new feature in the phone doesn't touch the internet. Don't you worry. Okay, Apple. Okay. Sure. We have every reason not to trust these big companies. We have literal evidence of my personal social security number, address, credit card number, everything just going, just gone. There's no ramifications. I didn't get compensation from Caesars. There's nothing punishing going on with Caesars that everyone lost all their stuff. It's just like someone stole their bike. Well, that sucks. I guess I got to get another bike. The data protections, I'm telling you, lax. And until it comes with a ridiculous fine when it happens, it's going to keep on happening because why would they fix it? Nothing bad happens when it happens. Anyway, that's coming to iPhone. Really good thing. Could be a really bad thing. Welcome to today's life. Can we do a fun story? Please, Pat, can we do a fun story? Enough about the iPhone and Johnson & Johnson. Let's do a fun story, shall we? And good morning, Rhonda. Lovely to see you. Good morning, wife product, Abby Miller. Good to see you as well. This is a fun story. Who is the most annoying fan base in all of NFL football? Care to guess? Most annoying fan base. I know many of you are Packers fans. And I know that you'll probably agree with me when you hear the number one most annoying fan base. Before I tell you who the most annoying fan base is, let's talk about how they calculated the most annoying fan base. Some company got the idea. Let's go scrape the web and look for all the times that someone accused a fan base of being annoying. Oh my gosh. The Saints fans are so annoying. That would count as one. And they totaled up all of them. Jennifer Smith guesses the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, No, they are not the most annoying fan base, even though they're really easy to hate. The most annoying fan base. 
So they calculated how many times people claimed that other fan base was annoying. And they totaled it all up. And here's a spoiler. My beloved Chicago Bears were number seven on the list. That's the highest we've ever been ranked on anything ever. I'm almost excited that we're number seven in the league on any list. We've never been that high, ever. Number five, the Packers. So I can't even like get mad at Packers fans. Despite my personal efforts to say you were annoying every week for the last 20 years, I still only got you up to number five. So who's left in the top five? Most annoying NFL fans. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. No one was talking about the Chiefs until Mahomes got there. I lived in Lincoln, Nebraska for 10, 8, 6 years. I don't even know. Felt like a lifetime. Great town. But no one cared about KC, and we were like two hours away. Number three, Buffalo Bills. Same thing. Completely irrelevant. Now they're good, and they won't shut up. Number four was the Chiefs. Number three, that's the Bills. Number two. And I figured this would be number one. The Eagles. The Eagles. Ooh, Sarah Deacon, good guess with the Patriots. They are annoying. But now that Brady's gone, they've kind of piped down a little bit. The Eagles. And as Geck appropriately points out, they complain constantly. Going to a, uh, an Eagles game in the other team's colors is really, literally, quite literally, taking your life in your own hands. And they booed Santa Claus. They booed Santa Claus. And you're right. They need to try harder. They're really slouching. So tap into your Packers fan energy, those of you that are Packers fans, because you know who the number one most annoying fan base is. You know who that is. And uh, Jennifer, you're right about the Vikings. That, that whole skull chant thing that they do and that stupid horn they play, you're right. They are annoying. Geck got it. Number one most annoying fan, boy, fan base. How about them Cowboys? Most annoying fan base. They even call themselves, like they call themselves America's team. Shut up. Come on. Here's a reminder for all of you that are annoying Cowboys fans. Y'all, y'all, got to add that. Y'all haven't won a Super Bowl since the internet was invented. Pre-Google. Pre-Google. And I think we can all agree with that, right? Cowboys fans are the most annoying. I mean, they are the lead story even when they're not. The Cowboys, this is actually, this is good. The Cowboys are the Aaron Rodgers of football teams. That's good. That's quotable. The Cowboys are the Aaron Rodgers of football teams. Because Aaron Rodgers is always on my television. I watch cooking shows on TLC and they're stupid Aaron Rodgers. I, I see Senate hearings and bloop, there's, they're talking about Aaron. Go away. Go away. Go away. Seriously. I'm reading books about World War I and they talk about Aaron Rodgers. Stop. You're not the main character. 
Speaking of football, the Packers have their first home game hosting the Falcons at noon on Sunday. They'll certainly win that. And for you fellow Bears fans that didn't jump off a bridge last Sunday, I had my toes over the edge, like kind of holding like this, looking down. I was close, close to jumping off the bridge. And then I thought about all the Italian beefs I wouldn't be able to eat. I'm like, you know what? Even if they're terrible, I'm going to hang out for the Italian beefs. <laughs> Not for my wife and family and all that. <laughs> no, no. I didn't jump off the bridge because Italian beef. The Bears play the Buccaneers in Tampa Sunday at noon. Not optimistic. And, Jennifer, I think we can all agree that it's exciting to watch the Vikings lose. They lost again on national TV. They are 0-2. And they are in last place. Let's say that again, because it sounds so good. Let's say say it with me. The Vikings are in last place. Isn't that great? God, that feels so good to say. This is Small Business Mornings, by the way. It's a daily live stream at 9 a.m. Central for solopreneurs and small business owners that are tired of building their business on their own. Every day, we talk about the news and we build community. We get to know one another so we can work together to build and grow our businesses. It's all around the theme, don't grow it alone. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Director of Meme, Abby Miller, is on the show today. So, Abby, it's great to see you. But when you're watching the show or you're surfing the web and you see something good, I want you to send me your best meme. Because if I share it on the show, I'm going to shout out and give you some love. So big shout out to Teresa Wilmot. She is a graphic designer extraordinaire. And she has sent a meme in today that really encapsulates exactly what it's like to be a small business owner. This feeling is universal. And it might be how you're feeling today as you get ready to take on Friday. This is the thing that stands between you and this weekend. So Teresa, thank you for sending the meme. And remember... Free pub for you if you send me a meme of the day. Here it is. <laughs> so accurate. There I am on the beach. What a beautiful day. It's Friday. Oh, my God. My to-do list is coming for me. <laughs> the to-do list is so big, and it's color-coded now. Now with colors to make me feel extra guilty. I've got an entire page. I have an entire page of red tasks. That means, uh, come on, bro. That's exactly how I feel today. I love it. Thank you, Teresa Wilmot, for contributing. That is your meme of the day. Really hits home. Let's do our quote of the, or a question of the day, rather. And then we get to go take on that to-do list and kick off the weekend. On Fridays, as you know, we share our wins of the week. Now, we get to um, play this game in the chat or play it at home. But if you're walking the dog right now and you can't get into the chat, or for some reason you're like, I'm not going to play this little game. I'm not going to put anything in the chat. That's the person that's not doing what I'm asking them to do. Well, fine, Pat, you're stupid. I'm not going to. So if you're that person, but you're listening, you want to play along, but you're just not going to be one of them in the chat, fine. 
You can play along at home or you can play in the chat. But this is important because as I was getting ready for this morning's show, I thought to myself, I can't think of another instance where a group of people get together and purposely share wins, purposely reflect on the good stuff that's happening in the business. When you search social media and you bring small business owners together, usually the conversation focuses on everything that's wrong. And the reason why is that if someone knows what your problem is, they can sell you a solution. Bring people together, learn what their pain points is, money. Celebrating your wins, pretty darn important. Because when we celebrate our wins, a couple of magical things happen. First, in business, there are a lot of things going on. Most of them, those red tasks, they're problems. They're things that need to get fixed. And they soak up a lot of our awareness and energy. We're always worrying about what's wrong. When you focus on your wins, you can use pattern recognition to identify the stuff that works. You know, I never really connected that now that I've been doing more one-on-ones, my business is up. Ha-ha! You got to recognize when things are working and figure out why. And then, when we share our wins as a group, it just kind of lifts up the mood. It reminds us how important positivity and an abundant mindset is. Two of my core values and two of the values that bring the Idea Collective together. When you share a win, other people hear you winning and they're reminded, hey, maybe I can win too. Maybe that to-do list is conquerable. Maybe I can get this deal done. So you can play at home or better yet, you can put it in the chat, but I want you to think of a win so we can celebrate it here on the air. Sarah Deacon, I'm prepared and half-packed for WarriorUnchainedLive.com next weekend. I promoted the event to many others. I had some great reflection time and self-care this week, and I made a promotional testimonial video of my speaking. That is awesome. Gek, I was fortunate to have one of the top reptile keepers in the world on my live stream last night. I have questions. You can't just throw out top reptile keeper in the world. What are they keeping? Are they a specialist? Like, ooh, I'm MrIguana.com. I'm curious. And I'm, I'm excited that you had such a celebrity on your show. That's a big deal. I'm curious what uh, reptiles they're famous for. And I won't even ask why you keep them because I know that that's a thing. But what do they keep? Jennifer Smith, five networking events this week. Wow. Jennifer's out there running for office. That's amazing. What are your wins of the week? Give me something in the chat or think of it in your head. Wins around here. Major league progress on some new positioning on the Idea Collective. We're working on what makes an Idea Collective member an Idea Collective member. And how are we different than all of those other groups? And we're coming up with some amazing stuff that I cannot wait to unveil. We were in person in Madison on Monday. 
our creative connection event, met some new people. Lisa joined the group from our event on Monday. So that was a ton of fun. So thank you, Susie Moon, for leading that event in Madison. Uh, oh, I've got some more, but Gex got an answer for me here. Okay, the reptile keeper. Snakes. I don't know what those other two things are. Chameleons and geckos, of course. Supreme Gek. That's amazing. Well, good for you. I hope it was a big deal for your stream, and I hope it got uh, a bunch of traction for you. Rhonda Deaver owns a floral company. She's a florist. She got a driver back, which is fantastic because poor Rhonda has been delivering flowers herself all summer. So fantastic stuff there. And Abby Miller, she wore pants every day this week. <laughs> That's a running joke that we have because I work at home in PJ pants every day. So when I have to leave the house, I have to put on real pants. Well, Abby put on real pants every day this week and left the house. And I have four portrait sessions this weekend. Kerching, amazing. Very cool. One more win that I want to share is that I'm working on the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank59 that's happening November 9th through the 11th. And I collaborated this week with two of our workshop presenters because we're really pushing to make our workshops better. We're not just going to have someone on stage say a bunch of stuff and you leave with nothing. Serena Talbot, Brad Herda, Susan Trumpler, and Andrea Hubbard are going the extra mile to make sure that when you go through our workshop, you leave with work that's done, not a to-do list. It's going to be awesome. First day of the conference is going to be all about workshops. So thank you to our workshop hosts for working so hard on the actual content. If you want to see what this conference is all about, smallbizretreat.com. It's November 9th through the 11th, and it's uh, pretty much the small business event of the year. No, it's not pretty much. It is the small business event of the year. Damn it. And look at Rhonda out there telling people about the Idea Collective. Thank you, Rhonda. I appreciate that. Okay, it is time to wrap up another week of Small Business Mornings. I reminded you at the beginning of the show, I'm going to remind you again, not this Monday, but next Monday, this show will live on its own brand spanking new page on the LinkedIn. So make sure that you like this page by Monday the 24th, so that way you can join us for our daily conversation. Because really, this show is... It's like a great big Harry Potter sorting hat. How about that? People watch the show and they come in and they say, this isn't businessy. Tut, tut. Wait, I need my thinking glasses for this. These are the people that don't like the show. Wait a minute. He's not a subject matter expert. He's talking about small business. This is LinkedIn. Doesn't he know this is a serious place? Tut, tut. Rawr. Those people on LinkedIn, they're not going to like this show. That's fine. But there's a reason why this show isn't like that. The reason why the show is not like that is because what you do for a living, the small business dream that you're building, that's a 24-7, 365 endeavor. And if I was small business guy every single day, that's not how it works. 
We have way more decisions about our personal habits and choices than we do business strategy. Inside the Idea Collective, we'll talk about business strategy, we'll solve problems, blah, blah, blah. But the day-to-day will to continue building your business, the don't-grow-it-alone mission, that's not what this show's about. Like This show's about helping you get through the day, not helping you strategize your business. There's the rest of LinkedIn for that. So if you're here this morning thinking, how dare he call this a small business show? They're not learning anything. Yeah, we are. One. The second thing we're learning is we're finding our people. Someone that can come in and like just understand that this is the long game and that some days we don't feel like businessing and a little bit of laughter and maybe thinking about things a little bit differently could come in real handy right now. That's what the show is. So the folks that play in the chat, the folks that listen while they're on walks, the folks that catch it after hours, the folks that get that I'm way more concerned about you and your success than I am teaching you the five SEO strategies that doctors don't want you to know. Like, come on, bro. Come on. That's why I do this show every day at nine o'clock. That's why I'm glad you're here. And those of you that get it, get it. And I appreciate you. If this feels right, maybe the idea collective is something that you want in your life. Because only those people that are tired of growing their business all by themselves will resonate with what we're doing. If you're Captain Solo and you're out there doing it all by yourself, God bless, man. Good luck. I wish you luck. But if it's kind of better to small business together, it's what we're doing. So with that, I'm signing off, going on a cappuccino run because it's Friday, and I will be back here Monday morning, 9 a.m. Central. Will you? It's Small Business Mornings. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Talk to you Monday. Thanks for tuning in.